The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You are listening to Rewritten with Cynthia Ocelli, a show where we take your limiting, toxic, harmful, unhelpful, and usually false beliefs and rewrite them so that you can recreate your life. We are rounding out our series on dating and relationships, and today we are going to discuss one of my all-time favorite and most controversial topics. The oxymoron people call casual sex. I'm Cynthia Ocelli, and thank you so much for tuning in to our show today. This is going to be a great one. I invite you to share it with your friends and anyone you may know who might be benefited by it. You can also follow me on Instagram at Cynthia Ocelli and reach out and talk to me on Facebook facebook.com forward slash life blog. We are just about to launch a TikTok channel and we'll see how that one goes. Um, I'm excited to get into video, excited to try some new stuff and to share this work with you. My goal as always is to help you release beliefs that get in the way of you having the happy relationship, the great health, the successful and fulfilling career, and the life that your soul incarnated to live. Our last three shows were devoted to identifying all the color flags, red flags, yellow flags, green flags. And now today, we're going to go where I love to go and some of you don't want to come with me. Casual sex. Casual sex is an oxymoron, more specifically. It doesn't really exist. Our sex is anything but casual. Before we dive in, I want to remind you that we started this series with a show that was about you, about you becoming the most beautiful woman in the world. If there is one hack to dating, to living, to having a career where people treat you well, it is you recognizing your value, accepting all of you without exception, good parts and parts you don't love so much, and cultivating an appreciation for all that you are and for all that you deserve. You becoming the sexiest woman 
in your world is the single greatest action you can take to attracting a partner who recognizes that and who celebrates that with you. So I encourage you, if you are in any stage of relationship, just getting started or already in, all of these shows have tremendous value. And I think it's really interesting because I've had a lot of feedback. I've had listeners say, you know, I've been in a relationship for many years and these shows have changed the way I see this relationship in both directions. Some people are pulling closer and learning to talk about issues so that they can be closer and more connected and deepen their trust and regard for one another. And others are saying, you know what? This was really clear for me. This was the defining moment I needed for someone somewhere who's not in my world to give me an objective idea about what's acceptable, what can be worked with, what's desirable, and what is plain untenable. I love to have that opportunity, and I love to share these conversations with you. So today, casual sex, an oxymoron. Now, I wrote about this in Resurrecting Venus, and that was published 10 years ago. And just to give you an update, I started revising Resurrecting Venus to do the audible uh, 10-year anniversary. And I was not even three chapters in, and it hit me that things have changed so much for women in terms of political movements, uh, legal rights, that the entire book has to shift around that. And it's going to take an entire rewrite, nearly entire rewrite. Some things we've evolved with and I think are, are better. And I've even had my view shift on some things. And it's kind of interesting to look back and go, wow, at this time, I really looked at things this way. And now I've either had a change or I am much more concerned with, a, with the subject matter. So I can't do it hastily. And I'm in the process of well and underway writing my memoir that I want to have out into the world no later than 2024. And I'm working my butt off. So resurrecting Venus has to sit a minute and wait in patient grace for me to finish this book so I can sit down and speak to the issues that we're facing today, the changes in our access to reproductive services, our rights to govern our own bodies. There is so much to say about this and so many other things shifting in our culture or that have shifted over the last 10 years, we are being thrown back in time in so many ways that a cursory revision of Resurrecting Venus, which was written at a time when we felt like we were moving in a direction of real autonomy and equality and sovereignty, now it's really important to dive deep and to do justice to this topic or not do it at all. So. Pausing on Resurrecting Venus. So today we're talking about casual sex. Casual sex being an oxymoron. Don't hate me. Give me a chance. Hear me out here. The other day I was talking to a friend of mine who's a published author, a great psychotherapist, and I was explaining to her about this show. I was explaining about casual sex, telling her it's an oxymoron. 
telling her why, and then saying, but you know, I don't need to try to make people do this or try to change the choices that people make. I just want to share with them and then they can do whatever they want. And she piped up and said, well, they can do whatever they want and suffer the consequences. So yes, I really, really want to impress this upon you. I really want you to be spared all of the potentially negative consequences of casual sex. And I promise you, it doesn't mean no sex. It doesn't mean that you're not going to get to the place that you have even better sex and a deeper attachment and a man who you really, really, really have passion and physical chemistry and deep intimacy with. And again, I speak in terms here of the cisgendered woman in relationship with the masculine man. That does not mean that everyone else couldn't benefit from these ideas and think about them for themselves in their unique relationships and contexts. And I support everyone in being in the relationship that is right for them. All right. So let me just cover some ground rules of the kind of the framework that I'm working with as I share this information with you. I had a video on Facebook and YouTube years and years ago, and so many people shared it with their children. And I think it may be put back up. I asked my assistant to put it back up a few months ago because someone asked me for it again. It was called Casual Sex is an Oxymoron. And the foundation for this idea is not based on religion or morals or you looking good or you avoiding some damnation. It is not guilt-based. This is really centered on you. I have four categories of reasons why casual sex cannot exist why there is no such thing as casual sex. There is nothing casual about it. The categories are energy, psychology, physical risks, and chemical risks. All right? Doesn't matter where I start. It's easiest to start with the physical because that's where most of us agree. Whenever I encounter someone who's like totally against this, we always at least agree on the physical And on the other ones, you know, I've had some people really disagree with me back in 2016, 2017, and come back later and say, you know what, I've lived and I've learned. Give these a shot. I have seen this over and over again. So let's just talk physical risks to start with. Now, as opposed to when I wrote Resurrecting Venus, the physical risks have new risks. Now it's not just And I don't mean to downplay this with a just. Now it's not simply STDs and potential unwanted pregnancy. Now we're in an age of pandemics and monkeypox, and there's more to think about. COVID, what a way to get COVID by having a casual sexual encounter with a stranger. No, thank you. But how about this? If you're in one of these states that has rolled back the rights to control your body and make your own decisions about when you have children and when you do not. Casual sex? No. If you are in one of those states and you have an ectopic pregnancy, let's say you have a pregnancy that must be terminated for your survival, 
it won't happen. That's just scary and outrageous. And I, I'm listening to myself and not even believing that I'm actually saying a, a true story in our country in 2022, but I am. Your sexual choices have real consequences. And if you are in a free state or in a state or able to go to a free state, I think that is fabulous. And I encourage everyone to be informed about what your rights and abilities are as a woman in America. In these emergency situations, though, it's kind of unbelievable. So sadly, uh, that has been added to the physical potential consequences of having sex in a casual manner with someone that you are not in a monogamous committed relationship with. Now let's go to psychology, because I think this one is really important and people really don't think about it. I read a study a while back. It was a study aimed at young uh, people. It was written by a pediatrician. It's in one of the books. Write me if you want me to find the site for you. It said that in this hookup culture for young people, that girls were hurt more in the moment when they were when they would sort of have these hookups and with no connection after, that girls suffered in self-image, in self-worth, in terms of embarrassment, in terms of trying to play it off, in terms of being um, chided and teased after, or what, what was you know, spread around on social media or by their friend groups and texting. And boys suffered later because they had not developed the skills to have functioning relationships. And I looked at that and I think it's very important. I think it's important that our kids know that casual sex has consequences and our boys understand it too. That even though they're thinking they're getting away scot-free and things are working out wonderfully, later in life, they are the ones who haven't developed, don't know how to be a good partner. And a lot of women at that age don't really want to teach them. And that is the time when we know as you get older, married men, committed men live longer than single men. So it's kind of important, kind of vital. I think that it's worth uh, talking about. I talked with my son about that. And I was really happy because all of the ideas about, oh, boys are just this way and girls are just this way, they really, really didn't hold up. Uh, I had open communication with my kids and I've watched them make intelligent sexual choices as they matured through uh, their younger times. And we can do that at any age, and we must do that for our own well-being. Because it's more than just what happens, what are the consequences of casual sex for young people. Women especially, unfortunately, but especially, we are concerned with how others see us. We are desirous of sexual relationships that are valued. When we do decide that we want to be in a serious relationship, we want our partner to value sex as something sacred and exclusive to us. And I'm not saying this we as the entirety, because I know that there's polyamory and open relationships. And my same psychologist friend who I love and adore said they never work, ultimately hurt 
pain and jealousy show up and they always do. And I have to say in my experience as a coach, not a psychotherapist, I think the same. I've had several clients try all of these different relationship ways and it not work and it not be okay. Because at some point, we really want to be seen and known and connected. And being casual or having our partner with other partners makes that really difficult. On top of that, you want to feel special and valued and that you have something special and valued between you two. Nothing really has inherent value. Things receive their meaning and their value by what we give to it, by the the meaning we ascribe, by the value we give to things. You know, diamonds, super shiny, multifaceted little pieces of rock that come from pressed earth and can be polished into something shiny. Not inherently valuable, rare, prized. Everybody bought into the idea that they're valuable, and so they are. They're really not good for much, if you really think about it. If you want to value yourself, your sexuality, and to teach your partner that this is valuable and important to you, and also, just to say this uh, unpopular statement, but true, because I still interview men and they still say the same thing. Men will sleep with you because they like that. But they also like having a long-term partner who doesn't sleep around. They like to know that they were special and that they have something special and that this girl here, what we have is unique. All of these things are jeopardized by having casual sex. And it's also really nice to let a guy take the time to woo you. Let a guy take the time to slowly build up anticipation and sexual tension with you. So many women are a little dissatisfied in the sexual department because their men don't take the time on foreplay, on romance. If you want to show your man that you love those things and you require those things, delaying sex until you have a commitment, until you have both decided to be monogamous, and allowing him to get you to that point by showing you that he's there for you, that he's for real, is incredibly arousing. If you haven't done it, you've got to do it. It is like if the whole idea behind casual sex is to have great sex, you know you're not going to get it right? I mean, like, let's just talk girl talk here. How many first sexual encounters are great? It's just not. And I'm not talking about the ones where you're drunk, so you're uninhibited and you think it was wonderful. I'm talking about real, great, wonderful, satisfying sex. I've never had it on the first time. And in every relationship I've had, It gets better and better and better over time as we get more connected, as we learn about one another, as our relationship deepens. And I can't imagine running out there and having a hookup and actually thinking that I've got some kind of great sexual experience. The risks of all the things that we're talking about in this show don't come close to 
making whatever gratification I got, which probably wasn't a lot, worth it to me. So on so many levels in this, in this idea, in this area of psychology, in these areas of physical risk, in these areas of political uh, shifting and uh, legal access to um, reproductive care, these are big. And I don't even think that they're the biggest ones yet. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. So let's move to chemistry. Oxytocin, the bonding hormone. You've probably heard of it. When I wrote Resurrecting Venus, I wrote about it and people were like, Oxy, what? Now I think uh, everyone has a much greater familiarity with it. It is that cuddle hormone. It is that bonding hormone. It's that when you rub somebody with long, smooth, gentle strokes up their arm or their back for 30 seconds or more, these hormones naturally get released. When you have more intense intimacy and you have someone who's touching you and stimulating you and just bringing you more and more into those good physical feelings, here comes oxytocin. And what does oxytocin do? It bonds you to others. I have seen people totally connected and obsessed with someone that they don't even like. Where intellectually and in their, in their normal conversation, they are like, I can't stand him. But somehow they always end up back in bed with him. Somehow they can't get away from him. Somehow they end up settling for him. The chemistry at risk here of you becoming emotionally bonded and chemically bonded to another person simply because they rubbed you and kissed you and cuddled you and they're not good for you. That's a huge risk. And too many people end up in relationships from these supposed or intended one night stands because they started to build that. But what they didn't build was friendship. Uh, they don't have like, genuine like for each other. They don't have genuine regard for each other. They've got it all wrong. And I'm just going to say this for me. If I meet someone and they are big on casual sex, I'm not comfortable committing to them because I feel like when we have a problem or if we bobble or if we break, instead of us doing the work to come back together, there's a high risk that they are using that easy, open willingness to have sex with whomever uh, very quickly. That could come into play very quickly. And they also have a higher likelihood of having a lot of past sex partners. And that doesn't feel good to me. So these are my uh, opinions and I share them with you because when I do that, you'll be amazed at how many people will be willing to come forward and share them with me because there is this culture where we are not supposed to say anything negative that might make someone else feel that what they're doing isn't approved of. 
And I, I don't need to approve of what other people are doing. I need to approve of what I'm doing and the people that I'm with. I need to make them, I need to know that I'm in a situation that is right for me. And that's what you need to do for you. So I love to bring these subjects forward so that you can contemplate them in freedom and decide what you like and what you don't like and let that be okay. It's interesting, men also have oxytocin and I don't know if our rates of, of exuding it are similar, but I know that with women and our addition of estrogen versus their addition of testosterone, we process it differently that our natural instincts to cuddle, to care, to cooperate, to miss, to love, to be affectionate are all stimulated by our release of oxytocin. And men still have that testosterone, which drives them to want to have as much sex as they can have. So I believe that there is a difference there. And I also know that some women have more testosterone than other women. And some women have more or less estrogen than other women. As a whole, in the majorities here, not speaking to the exceptions, and if you are an exception, you know, and I support you and respect you, and I'm not trying to tell you that you should be anything different. I'm speaking to the greater numbers that experience it the way that most cisgendered women, cisgendered men do. It's very risky to allow someone access to stimulating your bonding and connecting responses. And you haven't figured out whether you really want to be with them or not. And what happens is, and I've had a couple clients like this, they had casual sex that then turned into a dating relationship and then realized they don't like the person. And then the relationship would end and then they'd be heartbroken and they would come away with this new idea that there aren't good men out there, that they're not good at relationships, that they can never pick the right guy, that the system doesn't work, that all the good ones are taken. No, your approach is broken. And I know it can feel like if I'm just using this this idea of dating and not having sex and picking the, the ones that I think are really good and eliminating the ones that I feel like have red flags and dating more and taking this slow and really getting to know people that I might not end up with anything. That's just not so. You will end up with someone who you actually like. And built on that foundation, you have the opportunity to grow a real attached, bonded, sexually satisfying, glorious, and wonderful relationship. All right. Now, I saved my, one of my most important categories for last, energy. What do I mean by energy? Most of you are familiar with the idea that your body is a temple, right? The temple of your soul, temple of spirit. It is. And allowing some random person inside that temple is a reckless act. If you haven't listened to my show about the chakras, you can go to my site, CynthiaOcelli.com, and there's a show called Understanding the Chakras. And I, will, I spell out each chakra, what they represent, what they do, and what they're like when they're expressed or in balance or out of balance. And 
the seven chakras, I'm only referring to seven, even though there are lots of other ways to look at chakras. Seven chakras are energy centers in your body that relate to different parts of your health and well-being and your life. Uh, At your base of your spine, down at the perineum, is your root chakra. And that's right there in the middle of your sexual organs. If you are having sex with someone who has had a challenge or a rupture in this area, and this area is around, this is a chakra that governs sex and tribalism and family and being rooted, and it's base and it's primal, it's the earthiest one, it's the least of the, uh, on the spectrum of enlightenment, it is earthbound, and it's primal, animalistic. You are putting chakra to chakra, and whatever wounding there is, whatever energetic imbalances there are, you are opening to those energies and bringing them right into you. When we talk about things like toxic people or energetic vampires or I just can't shake this feeling. I, I was with him and I just I feel off now. You're likely having the influence of that other energy mixing with your, your energy. If you think about someone who you've hooked up with, who's drinking or doing drugs or just out of a relationship or has anger problems, you are taking your most sacred space your temple of the spirit that houses your seven chakras, and you are taking their most base primal chakra, putting it right up against yours and hoping you reach an orgasm, which is a chakra opening experience that opens your energy centers and takes in the energy center that is right in its field, right next to it. That is reckless at best. You are so much more valuable. Your energy is the most valuable commodity you have. It is worth more than money. It can do things money could never do. It sustains your health, physical and mental and emotional. It sustains your outlook and your mood so that you can dream and be optimistic. It is something to be protected do you know how we, we watch our diet? We protect our, ourselves by not eating toxic things. We protect our bodies by not smoking. And we protect our minds by taking in positive material and meditating and reading spiritual books, making ourselves as pure and enlightened as we can. We go on retreats. We do yoga. We do all of these things. We can circumvent all of it by having a sexual experience with someone who is in a place of dark challenge or depressed energy, vampiric energy in an addicted place, in a devouring place. All of these risks, energy, psychology, physical risks, chemistry, all of them can work together and create situations that put you in life circumstances that could be completely avoided and should be. Imagine, and I have a dear friend who went through this one, pure sexual attraction, lots of chemistry. And the man was really, really good at saying the right things and touching her the right way. And she falls for him in a way 
that feels like an addiction in her body. And it turns out this is his way. He happened to be a true narcissist, not like everybody throws the word narcissist around, a true narcissist. He knew he was a narcissist. He shared with her, I've been uh, told by a medical professional that I have narcissistic personality disorder. And she kept engaging with him until she couldn't stop. And it was all under the guise of, I'm an independent woman. Men have been doing this forever. I'm having such a good time. I think he really likes me. We just didn't do things in the right order. I watched her go through that painfully. And then I watched her go through the ending. And all of it could be avoided by making the choice to put yourself first, to honor the sacredness of the body temple that you live in, to demand that you be regarded as important and special and valuable to demand that your sex partner go and have a panel of STD testing before you have sex together. Because even if you're using condoms, there are things that condoms don't protect from. You can still get herpes. You can still get HPV with a condom on. It's really helpful for you to pick partners who are responsible and willing to go through and get tested and take your sexual relationship like something sacred between you that the two of you protect and nurture and grow and develop. And when you are with someone who agrees with you not to have sex until you're monogamous, not to have sex until you've had your STD testing. And I just want to say, just that because you can get some things while having a condom on doesn't mean you shouldn't use a condom. There are a whole other bunch of things that you're not going to get. So you, yes, you use the condom if you decide to have sex that you haven't had uh, STD testing with your partner uh, for. But really, the grown-up goddess way to create a sexual relationship that endures over the years and gets better and better and better and leaves both of you feeling special and valuable and that you possess something sacred is to agree to have a monogamous relationship, to then get tested, and to then commit to learning to sexually please each other in all the ways that make the other one just come alive. I know this sounds like the old-fashioned, um, archaic, moralistic way. It is not, it's not that at all. It is the way for you to be treated like the goddess that you are. So I'm open. Go ahead. I want to hear all of the reasons why you think I'm wrong. And I want to know what your take on casual sex, if it even ever could exist. I want to hear that from you. You can reach out to me at Cynthia at CynthiaOcelli.com and we will continue in this series. I think we are just about rounding out on romance and dating. And I have a lot of things, a lot of requests from you for shows about money, the money mirror, about success, about starting over, about doing really challenging things like leaving a relationship or a job you know you need to leave, having the tough conversations. 
and putting yourself first in your life moment by moment as a means of recreating your life so that this time next year, you're in the place that you've wanted to be in and somehow haven't taken the steps to get there. Stay tuned. We are going to have a great rest of the year. Have a beautiful week. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify. Spotify.